801 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Three dealerships to serve you better. North Shore Acura, Acura of Langley, and Burrard Acura on Terminal Avenue. We are into our three of the program. Dan Murphy from Sportsnet is going to join us in exactly three minutes' time. He's an 805 guy. He's not an 8 o'clock guy. 805 for Murph. So before we get to Murph, I'll tell you that hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Murph is an 805 guy because he's got to get those last couple reps in. Just got to get his curls. He's got a gun show going on every day. <laughs> he's wearing a short sleeve black t-shirt as well. Before we get to Murph, I do need to tell you about the Greater Vancouver Food Bank and Food Bank Friday. Today is Wednesday. Tomorrow is just regular Thursday. Correct. And then what's Friday, Andy? Food Bank Friday. That's right, Andy. It is Food Bank Friday. Uh, this virtual event raises important funds for accessible, healthy, and sustainable food for individuals and families. We here at Sportsnet 650 are accepting donations until December 16th, which is Friday. And what's Friday again, Andy? It is Food Bank Friday. That's right, Andy. Uh, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific is the cutoff time. If you want to donate, go to the Sportsnet 650 Twitter account. It's the pinned tweet. There's a URL right there. Uh, I will let you know that you can also text an emoji to 30333. That's 30 and then three threes. Uh, if you text a carrot emoji, it's five dollars. Got it. If you text a banana emoji, it's ten dollars. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars. She's so right. Lucille Bluth was so right. And if you uh, if you text a heart emoji, twenty five dollar donation towards Food Bank Friday. So please donate today. Yeah, guys, we joke about this stuff. Well, we joke about everything, but um, there are. It's it's even harder right now uh, for people that um, can't afford to eat. Um, we all know what the prices are at the grocery store, and I realize that some of you listening right now will be like, yeah, I can barely afford to eat. But if you can, if you can, please help out. Uh, do we have Murph on the line? Oh, Andy's working the telephones right now. Dan Murphy's going to join us ahead of the Canucks game tonight. It is not 8.05 yet. It is not quite 8.05. It's 8.04.35, 36. Should I do this until 8.05? No. Um, the Canucks are in Calgary tonight to take on the Flames. It's, there's an all-Canadian doubleheader tonight. you got Montreal and Ottawa followed by Calgary and Vancouver. The Flames are really beat up going into this one. I don't have any morning skate availability about Chris Tanev, Elias Lindholm, Mackenzie Weger. I forgot that uh, Nazem Kadri also got shook up in their previous match mm-hmm. against Montreal. So we'll wait and see on a bunch of those. Uh, and it appears as though the Canucks might have a new top-line winger in Jack Studnika going into tonight. Let's find out more now with our man Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own, here on the Halford & Bruff Show, a presentation of Freeway Mazda on Sportsnet 650. What up, Murph? What's going on, fellas? How's your day going so far? It's all right. No shortage of things to talk about in Canuckland. I'll say this. We're 30 games into the season. We have always had something to talk about with the local hockey squadron. Well, considering the way it started, if you would have told me 30 games in the season, they're just shy of 500, I would have taken that for storylines, first off, because I wasn't sure they could get back to 500. And 
maybe I shouldn't have doubted it after last season. It just seemed like it was impossible to make it work again this season. Now, that's not to say that it's been pretty getting here. Mm. Um, you know, they're not still not playing great. They tend to outscore their issues. Um, but overall, at least it hasn't been a total death march, which I feared was going to happen. And, um, you know, it still could be one from January on if they don't, you know, find a way to tighten things up. But, uh, yes, never a dull moment in Canuckland, that's for sure. Well, this game actually seems pretty big tonight, as did the Minnesota game Saturday at Rogers Arena, which the Canucks failed um, yeah. if you were going to give them a grade. Um, if the Canucks win tonight, they're, you know, three points within a wild card spot. If they lose tonight, they could be as much as six points back in the race. And that is a pretty big hole at this stage of the season. So the question I, I guess we keep on asking is, are they up to the task? Well, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Saturday was, was ugly to, to put it best. I mean, they never looked like they were threatening. Um, I mean, I, I guess the second period, the way they started was fine. Um, and to draw a few power plays or a few penalties, that was fine. But once the shorthanded goal went in, it did seem like the wind totally went out of their sails, um, and they never recovered. Uh, so are they up for the task? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say yes. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Calgary has been struggling as well, uh, although they're coming off a fantastic Jacob Markstrom performance, uh, which has to be good news for them. Um, so I'll give the Canucks benefit of the doubt. It's a, it's a Divisional game, we have not seen uh, Edmonton or Calgary much at all this season. In fact, has it just been once? The first game? The opening game this season? Yeah, I, I, I think so, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to get up to play this team. Uh, I will say they'll be up for the task. Now, whether or not that translates to a win, I don't know. But I don't expect to be a first period like we saw uh, against the Minnesota Wild on Saturday. So, Murph, we were discussing this earlier in the show, and at the end of the day, it's not a huge deal. But I am curious uh, about why Horvat and the Canucks decided to release that mm-hmm. statement. Now, the general idea would be that so Horvat doesn't have to uh, talk about this every day. But I, I kind of wonder if him releasing that statement might have actually made the story bigger, not just in Vancouver, but across the league. Yeah, I thought about this yesterday. I was in the stands, and of course, the, the PR staff comes along and says, who do you guys want to talk to? And the first person we say is Bo, because of the news that had transpired the day before, and you know, we hadn't had a chance to talk to him. And halfway through the skate, uh, the uh, you know the statement came out. My guess would be is that you know, he's spoken, I'm going to say, before yesterday, I'm going to say probably five times this season, maybe about, uh, and this is going back to training camp, about not having a contract, not getting one done, going into the last year of this without one. Uh, but he's, I think he'd spoken about it about five times, which is you know, maybe three or four more times than I thought he would. I thought at the beginning of the season they'd just say, that's it. Uh, when something, there's something out there, we'll tell you. My guess is, yes, they said this, because they were starting to get into trade innuendo and trade rumors, and they're going to have to trade him. That's when the questions come out like, what do you want to be traded? Would you accept the trade? You know, it's a different than you don't have a contract. And I think maybe that is the waters he didn't want to get into. Now, he did speak yesterday after, but 
I mean, I think I, I think I gave the first question phrase of why do you think you had to put a statement out, right? And that's the questions didn't come down to anything about trade. It was like, you know, has it been a distraction? Why did you have to do this? Has it been difficult? I think that was the line of questioning for him yesterday. So it was nothing about the rumors of the Canucks uh, actively shopping him. Um, and those might be uncomfortable questions to answer at this point. I mean, he's the longest tenured Canuck. He's the captain. Uh, he's handled himself so well, but these are these are questions he hasn't had to deal with yet. And I don't think he wants to answer those, being in the position he is with his team and as his captain. So that's kind of my guess as to why a statement came out yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been a very trying last couple months in terms of, I guess, trying to put out fires or maybe just even trying to manage them. I, mean, I almost forget at times, like, oh, yeah, they've also got the entire Brock Besser situation, which still remains unresolved. Like, yeah. that wasn't that long ago. That's old news yeah. now. Right, it was only like two weeks ago where they're like, yeah. He got traded, right? He's, right. Not, he's not with the right. team, right? And they're like, we're just going to let the agent handle this one because we got so much <laughs> stuff on the go. Like, that was a big deal. And now it's you've got you've got a lot of different things in the air. And look, I think everyone understands that, especially in a Canadian market, the uh, there's an insatiable appetite for trade rumors and you know projected ideas and rumblings and all this kind of stuff. And there's always going to be a thirst, therefore a search for it. And when you've got two guys in Horvat and Besser that are very clearly out there in terms of potential trade moves. This is the ramification of it. I'm, I appreciate the fact that everyone's trying to stem the tide a little bit by putting out this message. But the reality is, is this is a team that is clearly open for business. And when you are open for business, people are going to talk about you. And, you know, and Luke Shen spoke about it yesterday, too, right? He's There's in the same guy. position yeah. as, as Bill Horvat on an expiring deal and someone that could garner interest. Um, and the guy that's sitting back that's loving it, maybe, is Connor Garland. He hasn't had to answer anything, and yet his name's been out there for you know, two seasons, basically, of, of if this team has to try to clear some cap space, maybe he's a guy that's going to have to go. You know, this is a position they've put themselves in. Um, I, I do believe that Rutherford is actively trying to move salary, but I don't think they want to, I don't think they want to eat any money on deals. Like they just signed best to a three-year deal, six-plus per. They don't want to send them out the door and eat 25, 30% of that, you know, they don't want to send, maybe have to give someone like Garland away just for the cap space at some point and not get anything in return. But I don't think this organization wants to eat money back in a trade. So that's why it's so difficult at this point to clear up cap space. No team has room. As we get closer to the deadline, it's going to become a little bit easier for these teams to uh, to swallow up a player. But uh, I think that's why there's been such a lack of movement, uh, even going back into the summer. It's just very difficult for teams to take on cap space. And you know, therefore, it's very difficult to clear up some cap space uh, for this Canucks team. But there's certainly a handful of players out there that I think this group would move at the right price. And at the right price for a couple of them would be not much at all. We're speaking to Sportsnet's Dan Murphy here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Dan, of course, covers the Canucks. The Canucks, of course, are in Calgary tonight, 7 o'clock from the Saddle Dome. Uh, where they will face the Calgary Flames. Interesting couple of wrinkles at practice yesterday as we actually focus on the on-ice product here. Uh, <laughs> first line winger, Jack Stadnika, that was a thing. And then a really interesting pairing, well, potentially interesting anyway, with Quinn Hughes and Ethan Bear. Curious to get your thoughts on those two developments. Well, the the real Huggy Bear pairing. I yeah, don't mind that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously this team has issues defending in zone and, you know, both Hughes and Bear have had their issues in that 
end of the rink. But I think that they're probably been the two uh, strongest transition defenders for sure. We know that with Quinn. I think that Bear has been, um, I think has been a very good pickup for this team. Uh, there has been some articles written analytically that he is the best of the group in terms of retrieving pucks and transitioning, uh, breaking out with pucks, which has been good. But like a lot of guys on this team, once the puck is in their own zone and they don't have it, he has his issues as well. I don't know how long we'll see Stednik up on that top line. Um, he has impressed the coach. The coach likes his skating. Uh, he has shown to have some hands. I think him and Joshua in particular, too, have, have both shown that they've got more offensive capability than I probably gave them credit for coming here. So it's just the coach grasping right now at straws to try to find something, try to find some traction uh, that's going to work for more than a period or two periods or a game. Uh, he's really just he's really searching for answers to try to get this team not only on a run but playing the type of hockey that you can sustain a run with. Because even though they had that one, like they won six or seven, even at that point they were winning games because they were scoring six and five goals. They have yet to prove they can win games the two one or three two fashion. Where do you think Nils Hoglander is with this organization right now? Well, I think he's got he's got to see this as a real opportunity. Right, you, you, you know, his, his was a name that you heard before, but if in fact um, uh, Horvat is dealt, or a Besser is dealt, or a Garland is dealt, well, that certainly would seem like that's an opportunity for Hoaglander. Uh, he's, you know, so many issues putting the puck in the net, hitting the net, but I still think we all see that, you know, there's the makings of a player there. He's got offensive capability. He's not afraid to go to hard areas. He skates well. He can play gritty. So I think he's got to be sitting back saying, if some of this stuff happens, I better make the most of this opportunity because it might not, I might not have a better one. Uh, for sure with this organization, and who knows moving forward. Uh, one final thing before we let you go. I know you probably had not had a ton of time to check out what the Flames are doing here. I don't know if you had a chance to speak to your cohorts in Calgary, but uh, it's hard not to notice that this team is pretty banged up at the moment. They've lost three straight yeah. coming into tonight. Uh, do you have injury updates or anything on any of these guys, most specifically, I guess, Chris Tanev, who got hit in the head with the puck last game? The only thing I can tell you with, with Tanev, and this is such a Christopher Tanev response, um, I texted him, like we might share texts maybe five, ten times a year, not much. But after he got hit in the head the other night, I just texted and said, you know, you're right. And not expecting a text back until the next day. Well, like 20 minutes later, I, I'm guessing he was at the hospital returning all the texts for people that were, right. uh, see how he was doing. And this was his response to, are you okay? I'm all good. Just got knocked out. <laughs> that is a very Tanevian response. Oh, is that all? Like, you just got a puck in the face. Well, eh? Happens good. every day. You're all good if you don't get knocked out, Chris. <laughs> Not that you got knocked out, but that's just put your his head spaces. I mean, I can't see him playing tonight. Right. But he was okay to travel back with the team, which is obviously a good sign. Uh, so I guess if he's, I guess if there was no concussion sustained, he could play. But I, I would say, you know, they, they're going to exercise some caution on that one. Um, so I really don't have an update on who's in and who's out. But uh, I just thought that was humorous from Chris. Did Did Tanev never learn about pain? Is that the thing? Like you never, you never, you never understood that you should be not happy with pain. Like it seems like it is. I've I've always said that I think he's the toughest Canuck that ever played, and like even yeah. tougher than Gino and all those fighters. Like just because of what he's willing to do. Imagine getting a puck in the face like that, and all the other times that Tanev 
has done that. And then he's still like, I guarantee next game he'll he'll be looking to do, not take a puck in the face, but he'll be looking to block shots again. It really is remarkable. Yeah, he is, but like really is fearless. And we were sitting in the stands yesterday talking about him. And um, someone said, man, they could really use this guy right now. And I'm like, you know what, guys? He would be dead. Yeah. He would be dead if he was on this team the last two plus years now when they lost. Because remember what he was like in the last couple of years of Vancouver? Like, yep. The guy could not, like, he was defending all the time. He was just getting crushed, getting hit all the time. I said, like, if he had spent the last two years here, he would not be, you know, back up to the Chris Tannum he's been in Calgary mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, some structure and a good team around sure. him. So it's probably a good thing for him that he, you know, it, yes, he's exactly the type of defenseman they need to play alongside Quinn Hughes, but the results would have probably gone down the same path as they were his last couple of years here, and that would not have been good for him physically. Murph, thanks for doing this, bud. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll do this again next week. Okay, fellas. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks. That's Dan Murphy on Sportsnet 650, brought to you by Freeway Mazda, Canada's number one consumer-rated Mazda dealer. Okay. Uh, we've had a, a, a good, robust show today. We want to finish strong, so we need your help. You need to give us what we learned. What did you learn over the last 24 hours in sports? Let us know. The Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. It is the Smalt alternative. We can do ours now to kind of set the table, set the tone, if you will. Uh, I'll orchestrate. I'll go around the table here. Uh, Laddie, you're nodding. Does that mean that you have a what we learned for us? Yeah, I actually have a clip I want to play. Oh, wicked. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> you don't sound very excited. I'm excited. It's eight minutes long. I'm fired yeah, up. It's, uh, it's Kevin Woodley talking about uh, Spencer Martin's glove hand positioning for eight minutes. Yes, Mm-hmm. Should yes. be should be higher or lower? Yeah. <laughs> a little, Actually, bit, little bit higher, higher. Nope. The best. Is no, 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 down, down. It's like <laughs> hanging a picture. After, <laughs> right there. Right there. After eight minutes of uninterrupted audio, the answer is inconclusive. That's, that's goalie coaching. You just stand there the whole time the goalie's moving. Uh, hold. What, what, there, there. Hold it. Yeah, that's, hold it. That's how you do it. Yeah. Wait. No, yeah, but you still got to move to stop the puck. <laughs> okay. Well, we anyways, learned. my what we learned. Yeah. I was very surprised, you guys, to see this clip from the Horvat interview. It sort of went un unrecognized or. You know, the media didn't really pick up on it, but I, I feel like Bo really laid out his future plans in the interview, and it, it kind of sums everything up. Just listen. You know, I'm a crook. I'm very disloyal. I don't want to be a Vancouver Canuck. You know, I feel bad for my teammates. Like, <laughs> honestly, guys, it's right there in front of us, I think. How did we miss this? Well, I, I feel like that that's been doctored. That, you know, that was uh, Greg Ballack, B-A-L-L-O-C-H. <laughs> Okay. Many of the thoughts and views reflected on this program. Where the hell did that come do from? Do not reflect. Let, let's hear it again. I, I want to hear this again because just to, just to clarify what Bo had to say. You know, I'm a crook. I'm very disloyal. I don't want to be a Vancouver Canuck. You know, I feel bad for my teammates. I mean, the audio does speak for itself. Yeah, that's, that's See, the worst thing is we're gonna get we're gonna get some people that like have no sense of humor. They're like, "How dare Greg Bally?" <laughs> and I'm one of them. How dare you? How dare you? How, how absolutely, absolutely dare you? Dare you? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay that, may, that, that may have been fraudulent. <laughs> I will come out and say it. That may have been peace. I like together. how you said may have. Yeah. Like, Who's to say? Well, they're, you may still have a job. Yeah, they're, only right? allegations, <laughs> they're only allegations at this point. Remember that. Did I, did I not make it obvious? Do I need a clock in the background with Don't. the hand changing rapidly? How do you go from like the most boring what we learned, which are about like minor league baseball or something or junior yeah. hockey? Like I totally blank out. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Greg's doing his thing. Until you blatantly... <laughs> doctoring the audio of the Vancouver Canucks captain who just held a, a press conference about his future with the team. And, and you you got to find you got to find the middle ground, okay. Greg. You did it so you got to find like the, the middle the, the ground. Beam, how can you say something so controversial yet so brave? Yeah. <laughs>
Greg's out here living that mantra every day. I'm okay. just trying to earn that moo cow. Yeah, moo cow that libel. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was going to do one, and it seems kind of lame <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, everything sucks <laughs> now. There's a, the bar is. Yeah. I should have started with it. The bar has been How so high. How can we possibly top that? The bar is now so high or so low. We're not sure, but either way, it's tough to tough to. Mine was going to be about I'm the only one that likes eggnog in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I don't mind. Egg, I don't mind eggnog. Oh, because some too. some texture oh, was like, nobody likes eggnog in your studio. I'm like, no, man, I love it. And of course, Halford right after eggnog sucks. No, I said eggnog's terrible. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I like it. I like it once a year. I agree. It's right? a it's a great Christmas time treat. Mm. Well, yeah, no one's. But drinking. you like everything Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you for classifying that it's a Christmas time treat. Like, there's people out there in the summer being like, mm, "Could really use some nog right about now." Like, like if, <laughs> if there was a tradition to drink motor oil uh, around Christmas, Annie be like, "Giddy up!" Is well, there some rum in that? Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if it had a bit of candy cane flavor, maybe. <laughs> mm. um, it's got viscosity in it. Okay, um, we're not doing the eggnog discussion. I want to know. It's... I just want to know for because I looked this up at the break, and it seems really um, inconclusive. Is nog a thing? Like, like is, are there various nogs? I know there's corn there, nog. They have nog you... at the bog? There's levels of nogosity. No, but like, because there's the egg, the, the simple, humble egg. Right. Which you then nogify. And you yeah. I actually don't a... know how it's made. You have to nog it. You have to nog it, as I understand yeah. it. Yeah. But mm. are there other nogs? Like fish nog or something? Or, or... corn nog? What corn does nog, nog mean? Nog, uh, now here's what the is thing. Nog? Webster's Dictionary says, uh, any beverage made with beaten eggs... Oh, okay. So and it's then an it's also thing. a strong ale formerly brewed in Norfolk in England. But then someone said it was a <laughs> a piece of wood. Okay, I mean this maybe this is a small should, block or peg of wood, definition. a nog. Yeah. Like you put a, you put a nog like a peg. Well, I don't nog. think we're talking about that. Right, we're not nogging anybody right now. I, I think don't. I think the first one you, you read is probably the answer to your question. But that's from one of those free Can you nog? Sites. So I'm really confused, and I've but I've never seen another nog before. I have a list of egg drinks here. That apparently, they're all nogs. Let's list them in annoy bro. Yeah. <laughs> Someone just texted, and Halford is implying if he wants them, if there's a beer nog. Well, I do now. Right now that I've read that aloud. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mook out that nog talk. Ah. You said you wanted to do one, but it was lame. So are you just no, it's pass? not. It's not lame. It's actual sports. Huh? And it's not like oh. You know, yeah. Well. well. Fine. <laughs> Don't make the show about eggnog. Whatever. Okay. Times have not been good for Kyler Murray, the Cardinals quarterback. Uh, he's got a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Just rub a little nog on there. And he suffered it in Monday night's 27-13 to loss to the New England Patriots. So about the only good thing in Kyler Murray's life right now is that massive, massive contract. Uh, yeah, which but, is which is great for him. Like it's personally, been but. it's been a disaster for him. Not only did he have all that stuff about his contract and people making fun of him because the the Cardinals had uh, there was like mm-hmm. a part of the contract that said uh, you got to do lots of studying, yeah. like make sure you don't don't forget to study. And the then, old please try clause. And then, please yeah, try. Yeah, and then the Cardinals were like, okay, we'll take that out of the clause, but. Between you and me, Kyler, you still got, yeah, I got to do more game tape. So, like, that became a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then the Cardinals have been one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this season. And now he's got a torn ACL, which you can come back from. Yeah. Um, Lots of athletes have come back from it, but it's hard. Like, Tom Brady had a torn ACL. 
But Tom Brady doesn't have to quarterback like Kyler Murray has to quarterback. That's a big difference, right? Like Joe Burrow came back from a torn ACL recently. Yeah, right? Tom Brady was like, uh, I was really slow before the torn ACL, and I'm even slower, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, like he's a po- and Joe Burrow to a certain degree is a little bit more like I would say Tom Brady's mobility than Kyler Murray. But that that's because very few people on the planet can run around like Kyler Murray. Um, I was thinking about this the other day because prior to the Murray injury. You and I were running through the current plight of NFC West quarterbacking. Yeah. Like how it's crazy. T- it's unbelievable. So think about it. Trey Lance starts in San Fran. <laughs> For like five minutes. Gets his leg blown up. Jimmy G comes in. His leg gets broken. Now it's Brock Purdy. You're next. That's right. Like watch out for your leg. He's got an oblique injury. Then you go um, the Los Angeles Rams. Start with Matt Stafford. He gets hurt. Briefly go to John Wolford. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And now in um, Arizona, you've got Colt McCoy replacing the Good injured. old Colt McCoy. Like Good old reliable Colt McCoy. Geno Smith has emerged as the most durable, most productive, and most talented quarterback in the division, which is a wild thing to say mm-hmm. because no one would have expected this. He's going to go to the Pro Bowl. He's right behind Jalen Hurts in voting. It has been... He's now, barely ahead of John Wolford. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's just such a weird... Nothing about the Seahawks season and the NFC West has really made sense this year. I guess the only thing that's going to make sense in the end is that a lot of people predicted the Niners were going to win it yeah. prior to the season. The Niners were probably going to win it. But the way they got there, no one would have expected that. Big so. game tomorrow. Big but, game tomorrow for the Seahawks. If the Seahawks can, you know... I'm still mad at them for choking against Carolina. I'm still... Mad about them losing to the Raiders. They got to be able to stop stop the run, but the 49ers, that's kind of what they do. So that's going to be a tough one for the Seahawks tomorrow. Move that cow. All right, humanoids, you know what to do. Text to 650-650. It is the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket. Give us some what we learns. We will read them on the air. On the other side, it is your chance to be on the radio. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. my favorite part of the show. Well, that's hey, Talk to the audience. Oh, God. This is always dead. 8.34 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Just 25 minutes left. 20, really, because we get out of here a little early. Uh, hour three brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. It is time now for Humanoid What We Learns. Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. That is the dot matrix. Uh, Joe Bob writes in hashtag WWO what we learned. You guys are good listening while I'm waiting in line for one of those new compass card mini train thingies. I read this and I said... What is Joe Bob talking about? What is he talking about? TransLink has released a new compass card. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I've got one in my wallet. Uh, this one... I use it once a year. ...is shaped as a mini train, and it oh. hangs on your keychain. Oh, I see. Okay. It's the coolest compass card for Christmas. Can't, yep. can't you just tap your credit card? Yes. So why do you need a compass card? Do you get deals because of it? I don't know. I don't take. No, it actually costs you money. <laughs> I don't take yeah, you, you I have mean, to pay you, for the card. You use public transit to yeah. get to work and, and and back, and I would too. If I could take the train here, I, w- I would absolutely do that. Yeah, um, that's like five minutes. But 
Um, so why why wouldn't you just use like your credit card or? It's never app? that's actually never occurred to me. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. I always just tap pretty the, easy. Well, yeah. Once the Compass card came out, however many years ago, I just I remember getting one and like, oh, you, you wanted just, one. You tap. Yeah, you know, I want to add in my collection. Right. Of my, cards. My, yeah, I have a card collection. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I just tap it on the thingy, and there you go. I'd like I'd like to actually see what's inside your wallet. No, you like, is there like a Toys R Us? <laughs> it's like the Costanza customer wallet. card, VB, VIP card, or <laughs> it's the some wallet. sort of some sort of like n- note from Santa that you got. There's like an unopened sucker in there, like <laughs> lolly lollipop. All these hard candies in here. Irish money on? for you some sit reason. Sit on this. <laughs> Irish shillings. <laughs> uh, Tyler, with a what we learned. By the way, I'm going to get to the bottom of this uh, question. It'd be like. Uh, Grandpa Simpson's wallet. Okay. I'm an elk. I'm a mason. I'm a communist. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, what are all these things? (laughs) President of the Uh, Game Lesbian Alliance? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Focus. We need to do the TransLink work here. Uh, The reloadable compass card at its most basic costs $16. So a $6 deposit and a $10 store value. A stored value for one zone is two dollars and thirty cents instead of the regular full fare, which is two dollars and ninety five cents. Oh, okay. So, so there you, is a savings. Yeah, there is a savings. There you go. Okay, that's what that's uh, there must have been, right? I wanted to get to the bottom of that. You're welcome for the free ad, Translink. Yeah, I am available for hire. Uh, I'm Tyler, all, I'm done at nine o'clock. I got lots of free time. Okay, y'all done now? Focus. Stop clapping on the air, <laughs> Tyler. With a what we learned. Detroit Lions coach Dan Campbell said he was distracted by the fans doing the wave. When he agreed to a play throwing the ball to, who was it, the uh, offensive tackle, Penny right? Sewell. Penny Sewell. Yeah. Of course, Lions PR had to come out afterwards saying it was a joke. Didn't sound like a joke when I heard Campbell explain it. It sounded mm-hmm. fairly authentic. Right. Like, I, I, I watched the presser, and it didn't have any sort of joking, like, side-eye, wink, nudge, nudge tone to it. it just... Right. If your sarcasm is ever so bad that Sportsnet has to put out a statement saying that you were being sarcastic. Now, there is the possibility that his sarcasm was so poor that it just failed to land at all. Mm-hmm. That's a new level of sad sarcasm that I haven't quite seen. But um, the play, I, I don't even know why. I mean, the, nothing should have taken away from that play. It was an amazing play call. Because not only did he catch the pass, they sent him out in motion. Like, usually when you put the big boys on in a, in a pass-catching scenario, they line up on the line of scrimmage, you know, hand in the dirt, and then they pop up, and they run a little curl route. But Sewell was like, it was like watching CFL, like pre-snap motion. Like right. He was going all over the place. Did the referee have to announce his availability? I think they have to still, yeah. Although... I always, whenever I see that, I'm like, ah, you're kind of ruining the play right now. You know, that's a good question because the number... <laughs> I don't know if they had to. Well, the numbers are so fluid now. Right. You can pretty much wear anything. You got linebackers wearing number six. Like, yeah. you can do whatever you want, I this think. This guy is now eligible. He's like, that's our play. Yeah, don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them. Come on. It's like, maybe they won't notice that the 400-pound guy is lined up in the slot. I don't know. Looking excited. Yeah. Rubbing his hands together. A lot of people weighing in. I knew this was going to happen, that if we didn't know the answer. Yeah, people the, are helpful. People are helpful. Yeah. Yeah, the compass I, card is a good deal. I, I, I figured it had to be. I used to take public transit all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I don't take it anymore. I feel like I've missed, like, because I, when I was taking You missed much, I don't think. I, I missed the, the entire advent of the, like, the compass card as a regular oh, thing. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. I was still back. Do you still go and it's like it's still thirty five cents, right? Do I get a paper 
thing? What's it? The, <laughs> the tran- paper, paper transfer? transfer? Yeah, yeah, I want a paper transfer. Those were the best. You said people are helpful. That's why they text in the inbox. I yes. think they just like correcting us when we're wrong. Personally. We weren't wrong. We didn't we say wrong. anything. We were wondering. Or when we don't know yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. They like to. They like to help us. Like we, t- oh. we don't try and pretend that we know stuff. <laughs> well, some of us do. You know? <laughs> we're not on here to be factually accurate. Okay, we've had this uh, question a few, a few times. Um, okay. It's not a what we learn, but it says, what would a Horvat for Bowen Byram trade look like? <laughs> Who would need to add players and or picks? The Canucks would have to add players, and that player would probably have to be Quinn Hughes. Like, Bowen Byram, I realize, I'm joking by, by that, by the way, just, just in case my sarcasm. I was also not distracted by the wave when Old I made that comment. Dan Campbell over here. But it would have to be a massive ad for the Canucks. Bowen Byram. If the if the Avs were to agree to that trade, you'd go, why are you agreeing to this trade? Is it a health thing? Bowen Byram is currently injured, and he has had uh, a pretty serious concussion mm-hmm. um, history. He's got a lower body injury out right now, and yeah. he's been out actually since the beginning of November. But did you watch him play in the Stanley Cup final? He was terrific. He was one of the best players on the ice. And for a Colorado Avalanche team that is sitting there going, all right, are we going to be able to keep Devon Taves mm-hmm. in a couple of years when he's up? Um, could we maybe move Samuel Gerrard if we need the cap space? The future. Like He is absolutely a long-term player that you don't give up for a, for a rental. Like He's still on his ELC. Yeah, and the fact that he's been—I mean, I could easily see the Abs l- trying to lock him up long term this off season. Yeah. Now they might be hesitant with the injury thing, but for now he is terrific value for them. And good organizations don't just give a, not give away, but they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, give up Bow environment all the potential for the service that he could give them over the next decade for Bo Horvat. Yeah, I, on, I, on, I, I don't, on an expiring contract, it's old, just not going to happen. The old one for one, bow for bow. I don't, I don't see and, that. And if they did, you'd be like, okay, what's the catch here? This feels like a trap. Well, but that might be the thing. I mean, his health is uh, something of a concern right now. I guess he's got a different injury now, unless they're lying about that. But it's a lower body injury, so it has nothing to do with. He just accused them of being liars, by the way. Now like we're, like we're, la- like Laddie. We're going. For Frank's all- going to record oh. some audio, bro, and edit it. <laughs> yeah, watch <laughs> out. The apps are liars. <laughs> no, they, no, it's it's going to be audio of Bowen Byram. It's a lower body injury, <laughs> not different from the first. Um, okay, let's focus here. Oh, the Carlos Correa contract. I had this in my what we learned. Uh, Laddie, walk me through this as our key baseball guy. It's the largest contract ever given to a shortstop. 13 years, $350 million with the Giants. I'm a long stop. Nice one. Um, <laughs> Correa, first overall draft pick in 2012, spent a long time with Houston, mm-hmm. bet on himself with a one-year deal with Minnesota, signs with the Giants. If you look at the traditional like counting boxcars, that's like he's not a huge, he's a good offensive baseball player, but it's because he's so good with his glove that the, but the, the numbers on some of these guys this offseason are staggering. Yeah, there's, there's been $100 million-plus contracts, and I think seven times already this offseason, and there still might be a couple more coming. So yeah. it's been pretty wild. But, but yeah, I, I think he's just an all-around great player. I think that's what you get with Correa. You, 
you get a guy who's good defensively. Like, you get a guy who's probably going to play solid level of baseball for the next seven, eight years. Where the are the Jays league. right now in their offseason? Well, they're not in a great spot. They're, they're still looking anything. to solve their outfield issue. They still probably need a starter, at least one. So. It feels like they're on Tinder right now, and they're <laughs> struggling. Yeah. Like they're well, they not got Chris Bassett. Any, they're not getting any matches. Bassett, I, I was a little skeptical at first, but then you look into his numbers a little bit more, and, and he's basically a stripling replacement. And, and stripling, by the way, signed with the same team that Correa just signed with, with the Giants yeah. on the same day. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the Jays are still tinkering. I think the trade route, it looks like, might be the way they decide right. to go. But. There's not a lot out, out there on the uh, free agent market for the uh, Marty the Red with a what we learned right off Morocco at your own peril. Yeah, it's just my take. I, I, I think Morocco's going to win today, by the way. Oh, my God. How much you want to bet? I don't know. You got to give me odds. I don't need huge odds. I think they're going to win. You think Morocco's going to You're going to. I think Morocco's going to win in extra time or penalties. Okay, give me the odds that you're. Because I, I think France is going to easily handle them. I think they're done. I think they left it all on the pitch. Against Portugal. Here's what I envision happening today. Um, they are once again buoyed by the throng mm-hmm. of Moroccan supporters. Okay. And I also think that the we haven't really talked a lot about the like we've always talked about the political nature of a lot of these groups and a lot of these matchups. Yeah. The France Morocco relationship, the colonization and everything else. Yeah. Uh, it's really been talked about um, with European and African and Arabic media over mm-hmm. the last little bit. I was reading a piece on Al Jazeera from this morning talking about, didn't even mention, the, it was a, it was a sports piece in the soccer column. Yeah. And I don't think the word soccer was mentioned <laughs> once. Like, it was just about the political and socioeconomic histories at play. The Moroccan fans, to me, have been a, a type of, like, energy and in reserve yeah. that I, you, I just haven't seen it. From anybody else. It's amazing the things you learn during the World Cup because I was reading a bunch of stuff too about how it was such a big deal to beat the colonizing countries yes. like Belgium and yep. Portugal and Spain. And then I read a piece where even in Africa, there's um, hesitancy for some people to uh, support Morocco because there's a conflict in the Western Sahara, yes. which I don't. I didn't know anything about it. Like, but you I'll, learned I, about I, it I, yesterday. I, I like to read, but I didn't. I didn't know about what's going. What the like? What's what's going on in Morocco lately? Like right. that's something. But so it is a very interesting thing. But I just think you take all that out of the equation, and you've got the world champs in France, who um, have looked good at this tournament. Mm-hmm. Just beat England, and I think you've got an, a Morocco Moroccan side that they just seem to like. That was all they had. I mean, the nice thing about that, that all I will had. say this. So the here's, nice here's, the, here's the bet. Here's the bet. Yeah. Let's do it in bananas, and we'll do this for donations to the food bank. It's a great idea. On Friday. Okay. So um, why don't we do, um, if Morocco wins, okay. that's, I don't know, three bananas for me. Okay. And if France wins, you're doing a banana. Okay. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? It is ten dollars, so not super high stakes, and I'm probably going to make a bigger donation anyway. But for the you sake have of to throw in a couple hearts, yeah, the heart is twenty five dollars. That's right. But the, the peach bana- like a hundred. But the the banana's funnier. Peach is not on the list. Peach oh, is not on the list. Stop confusing be. people. All right. <laughs> the um, carrot is five dollars. I think France is going to easily win this match. All right. Well, I hope to be wrong. The bet is there now. The bet is there. Uh, this is from Gunner in Kelowna on the subject of uh, Christmas drinks. Andy, pay close attention. This could be in your wheelhouse. Gunner from Kelowna. Hashtag WWO what we learned. I tried a new Christmas drink last night and surprisingly loved it. 
consisted of milk, Diet Coke, gingerbread rum, a dash of vanilla, topped with whipped cream. I think that's a meal at that point. It's it no feels like a drink. lot, Gunner. It feels awfully sweet. feels very heavy, but I would l- love to try several, seven Brim- or eight of them. Wilford Brimley does not want you to drink this drink. I don't, like, I don't Yeah, know. even he'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I can see where it's going. It's got a very sort of Dr. Pepper-ish, drink, you know, Christmassy feel to it. I hate stuff like this, by the way. I, I do not have a sweet tooth. I hate any sort, like, I don't like pop. Any mix, like, you drink... Um, Rum and Cokes on occasion. Crown and Cokes, sorry. I'm back with the Crown and Cokes. Like, I can't do it. I'm back. I cannot back. do it. 20-year-old Jason is back No with tweeting. The Crown and Coke. Dolly Wall listening right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, Russ, back. Yeah. Ginger ale, too. Oh. I actually ordered a, a a Crown and Diet Coke the other day because oh. I was just a little that's worried right. about the sugar. Right, that's fair enough. And the, yeah. the server sort of looked at you for a second quizzically. Yeah. I was um, like, this right. guy used to be cool, and now he's not. But he <laughs> still have, likes he still likes had, the taste of Coke you, and whiskey. You had one yesterday, too, right? Yeah, rum and Coke. Rum and Coke. Are yeah. you a rum and Coke guy, laddie? I will have one on occasion. You'll yeah. dabble? Oh, yeah, I can't, he's drinking one right now. I can't do it. It's the sugar. It's everything. And I feel I've never had a worse Well, thing. you know what? You shouldn't. What? You might just puff up a bit if you Yeah, if you exactly. That, I mean, right? I gotta. Like, how do I keep this, this slender figure of mine? Um, yeah. I, there is not a worse hangover, I don't think, than the sugar-related alcohol hangover you, you that's are, true that's you know true. but there's no better time <laughs> there's no better time i've never felt more alive when you've got when you've got you're, you're doing your crown and cokes and you got so you got the alcohol you got the sugar and you yep. got the caffeine it's the big three <laughs> i'm not gonna throw in some nicotine well you actually the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse if you had the big four yeah then, then you could get in trouble by the way on this note we've talked about this before does anyone still imbibe in the vodka red bull it seems like it's kind of fallen no, no. off in terms of popularity. No, unless it's like a Jager bomb. No. No. Right. But that's even different because you're you're not consuming as much. Like you you remember you told me about the time you had a night with Red Bull and alcohol and you're like, I'm not I woke make up the next there. morning in the in in the hotel lobby in Seattle actually <laughs> and my heart was going like maybe two forty, yeah. I think. And I'm kind of sitting there going like trying not to panic because I'm with a bunch of friends. I'm like my heart is real. I'm like, I'm just standing here and my heart is just going. And you know, I was just, I bet I was white white as a ghost. And I was thinking like, have I got travel insurance? Cause I think I might need to go to a hospital right now. Um, someone's freaking out in the in basket. Well, that's about what? I don't know. I'm not going to read it. You guys ever, you talked about the, I think it might be not. You talked about ginger ale alcohol. They have that in cans now, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah. The, the RTD. Yeah. Canadian club, yeah. in, you just buy it straight from the store. Yeah, I know. I've had the Crown Royal, and the, they're they're not good. Oh, you don't the like Jameson's it? whiskey ginger, really good. That's the Jameson's one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Colin and Tawasson, what we learned. I love seeing aging greats turn back the clock and show us glimpses of their former genius. What Messi did yesterday was right out of his prime years. If he caps it off with a similar performance in the final, it will be hard to argue against him being the greatest footballer of all time. This is why I can't wait for the final. And for me, Messi is the story. Yeah, he is, without question. Now, that changes a little bit if Morocco gets into the final because then you've got this amazing Cinderella run from Morocco. Um, that would equal, I think, the the messy story. But if it's 
Argentina versus France, which I'm fairly confident it, it, it will be. I hope Argentina wins, and I hope that Messi scores a big goal mm-hmm. and plays really well because I'm like Colin and Tawasin. I think it's awesome seeing these guys that people have questioned their age, and you know I've done it with Alex Ovechkin, and look what he's done. Like He yeah. continues to do. It is, it is remarkable, and for the most part, it is only the the greats of the great mm-hmm. that are able to still um, impress and make us marvel in their later years. There yeah. are very few guys that are just like, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm still the same player I was. You know, like I think about a guy like Matt Cullen who was in the league forever, just and you're just around. kind of like, yeah, you're just good, and I guess you stayed in good shape. Uh, there was a, a what we learned ask it was an ask us anything actually talking about if if Messi and Argentina win this World Cup, will he surpass uh, Diego Maradona in terms of status and uh, the greatest Argentinian footballer of all time? I think here's the thing: is that there will never be a, a, another Messi. But there will really never be another Maradona because of the the mercurial genius. Do you know what I mean? Where it was you were so talented and so gifted, but also so combustible. That's not Messi, right? Messi has an incredibly demure public persona, and quite frankly, is dealt with fame in an entirely different way than Maradona. Maradona was like a, a slice and a snapshot in time that I don't think will ever happen again. I don't think you'll ever get someone that was no. as temperamental and enigmatic and fiery and self-destructive at times. Well, you might. I mean, you, we see it with, with people. But I don't think the modern society, the modern game, and everything would allow someone to reach the heights that Maradona did. I think it would be too... There's too Maybe. many haters out there, Jason. There's too many people trying to tear you down now. Well, we see it in the celebrity world still. Guys going off the deep end, and, and you're thinking, what's going on with this guy? Is there a mental health thing? Mm-hmm. And Maradona did end up in a psychiatric facility like he didn't just go to rehab but he, he was he was, so, but he was he was a very very unwell man but remember he was so beloved by especially the argentinian football federation they brought him back as like a manager and they were all, always bringing him back mm. because he was so iconic i just think it's it's almost I, it's funny because i don't think the destructive powers of fame are going anywhere so i'll disagree with you on no, that not sure. the destructive powers of fame the destructive powers of diego maradona that's what I was talking okay. about. I don't I, think I'll ever I, be anything I, well, like I that. Well, I think there, I think there will be. I don't think, and I, I think, and I think there's been a long line of 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 people like that, and I think there still will be. So, um, yeah, the Maradona thing was. I, I watched that documentary as I mentioned again the other day of mm-hmm. of his time in Napoli, and it was both thrilling and extremely sad. Uh, there's another couple of shows ahead for the remainder of the week. We will be back tomorrow. We will be back on Friday. So fret not, fear not. The show ends today, but we will still return to the studio. But we do have to go for now. That's what the music means. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.